Earlier this month, two Fraser Valley foster parents, a married couple living in Lake Arrock, or by Lake Arrock, between Mission and Agassiz, were sentenced to 10 years in prison for manslaughter and six for aggravated assault for their torture of two children, a brother and a sister, in foster care. The 11-year-old boy died after a beating on February in February of 2021. At the time of his death, he weighed less than 65 pounds. This has prompted a call, a growing call, for the resignation of the children's minister. And yesterday, the BC Greens came out with Adam Olson also echoing this call and saying that there is a need now for systemic change, real change in the system. We had an opportunity to talk with Adam Olson and ask him why now and why make this call for Dean's resignation or firing. Well, look, I mean, I think that we've seen uh, over decades in this province, but in m- most recent times, we, we continue to see uh, uh, this minister let down the most vulnerable children uh, in our society. And uh, as we encounter the the horrific details of of this uh, most recent uh, situation in the, in the Fraser Valley, uh, it was it it is time. It's time for the premier to uh, uh, be accountable. Uh, it's time for the minister to be accountable. Uh, and the way that the premier does that is uh, he asks for the minister's resignation, uh, or Minister Mitzi Dean steps down and um, and somebody else is brought in to to lead the necessary reformation of of the Ministry of Children and Family Development. Well, there have already been some changes with the staff that were dealing with the file. Is that not enough? How does it become a political issue as opposed to a staffing issue within the ministry? Uh, Because ultimately the responsibility lies at the feet of the Minister of of Children and Family Development. And uh, the BCNDP know this. The BCNDP were asking for this uh, exact thing in, in 2015. Uh, uh, when a number of other cases uh, were brought forward, this was when uh, Premier, when Christy Clark was the Premier, uh, Stephanie Kedji was the Minister, uh, the BC NDP stood day after day demanding the resignation, demanding accountability. And so uh, the BC NDP knows that this, is, uh, that this is a necessary step in order to uh, start a process. It's not going to happen under this Minister, clearly. We've been, we've been asking for this uh, for uh, since 2020, uh, we've been asking for this for longer than that. And now what's needed is the Premier needs to take responsibility for this ministry and undertake the necessary reformation of it that uh, that he knows and that his colleagues know uh, and that they've known for quite some time now needs to happen and, and has not happened uh, over the last six years since the BCNDP has been in government. Why is it that this one is so disturbing that you go so far as to call for that resignation? Uh, well, f- from my perspective, uh, this case, uh, this case is, well, let's just put it this way. If anybody's read the details of the case, I'm not going to go into it here. Uh, it, it contains uh, some of the most horrifying details that anybody could read. In fact, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's grotesque and disgusting. And um, I think that uh, as we've seen over the last uh, number of years, uh, specifically since 2020, when uh, Mitzi Dean took over as the Minister of Children and Family Development. Uh, we've seen reports of uh, hundreds of children uh, going missing from the child welfare system each month. We've seen children passing away. We've seen um, uh, we've seen uh, the minister stand 
and and um, defend uh, changes to the funding model for neurodiverse children, uh, only to have the premier step in and change course, uh, seemingly without the minister's knowledge. What we're seeing here is a ministry that has been uh, that has been mismanaged uh, historically. Uh, it is now the the responsibility of Minister Mitzi Dean uh, to take care of that business, and she has not done that. And so, uh, with the uh, with the most recent uh, uh, revelations that have come out uh, with respect to uh, this case of this 11-year-old boy that was uh, abused and tortured and in all manner of just grotesque uh, details. Um, it, it is time for uh, the BCNDP the BC to follow their own advice and uh, find some way to hold the minister who's responsible for this accountable. Uh, it's, it is remarkable that Premier David Eby uh, can stand and say that uh, this minister has his confidence when he's seen in the, the House just uh, eight years ago uh, nodding in agreement with his colleagues who were calling for the resignation uh, of, uh, of a former minister for seemingly the, the, the same thing, which is to, to have somebody be held accountable for this. The, the firings within the staff, th those are necessary HR um, uh, moves, uh, and you know that happens within an, an organization. Ultimately, the the responsibility lands at the feet of the minister and at the premier, and they need to step up and show some leadership um, because the public confidence in this ministry, uh, I don't think, can get any lower. What would the proper leadership within the children's ministry look like? What do they need to be doing that they're not doing? They need to tear this ministry down brick by brick. We need have a child welfare system that British Columbians can be proud of. We need to have a child welfare system that uh, is actually protecting the most vulnerable children in our society. It has this ministry uh, has failed to do that. Uh, we've we've the BC Greens have put out some uh, the, some ideas over the last uh, last number of months and years. One of those could be regulating social workers. Uh, and the, the BC NDP have, have failed uh, to do that. Uh, it's just basic um, regulation of, of the people who are uh, looking after these children. So we need to, we, this ministry has historically uh, overseen, and you know, part of the challenge, I'm a First Nations person, and part of the challenge that has been raised by the First Nations Leadership Council here is that this ministry continue, has, has been used to separate Indigenous uh, children from their families, uh, they've gone to a great extent to move those children into into foster care um, and and uh, to separate those families. We see, uh, you know, millions, billions of dollars being spent every year to do that. Uh, it's time for us to modernize child welfare in this province, and and um, it, it can be done under this premier, uh, and he needs to, to find the political will and, and just the will uh, to do that. You talk about modernizing child welfare. What do we really need to do here, especially when it comes to the communities that you're hearing more of the problems with? Is there something that requires more consultation, better understanding, or is it a staffing issue? What are we dealing with? Well, I think it, it, it's a systemic, it's absolutely a, it's a systemic issue. And uh, this is the reason why I'm saying it needs to be dismantled and, and put back together again, because um, clearly, um, the BC NDP have taken the same approach as the former government that they criticized so soundly. Uh, they have continued to try to fix a system that's broken by tinkering around the edges. Uh, 
uh, and that's not worked. You know, we've had some patience with this BCNDP government uh, in their approach, uh, and it continues to result in just horrifying outcomes and reports from the uh, representative of children and youth that are just completely unacceptable. Uh, we raised this issue in this past spring session where we've got a situation where hundreds of kids go missing or are unreported are reported to be missing every month in the child welfare system here in British Columbia. That's just uh, totally unacceptable. If the, if the provincial government, if, the, the, if British Columbia says these children are safer away from their families, that they need to be removed from their families, and then we have a system where they go missing, if we have a, a situation where uh, Ministry of Children and Family Development uh, can can uh, you know be absent from uh, children in care uh, for several months and have video evidence of of a shocking abuse and torture, uh, this is a system that is not delivering uh, what what I think British Columbians would expect, and that is a uh, a loving and compassionate care for the most vulnerable children in our society. And so that's where it needs to be start to be to be built. That's the foundation it needs to be built on. And um, that is not at the core uh, of this of this system. Unfortunately, this system has been designed to set mostly, you know, the, the vast majority of the of the children in care are Indigenous uh, children, and it comes from a philosophy from decades ago that um, that uh, separating uh, Indigenous children and families is, was the was the approach. And so we need to we need to have a system that is reflective of the values that we have today. We need to be caring for these children uh, because they, are, like I've repeated here, they are the most vulnerable in our society, and we owe it to them. We're a wealthy society. We're a proud society. We're a proud community. We need to owe we owe it to them to 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 have a system that looks after them. Well, it sounds like nothing here should be something you should be proud of. When we have the court hearing that uh, during the sentencing, the dean's ministry, the children's ministry did not pursue appointments or home visits with the boy after July 27, 2020. This is after he suffered those traumatic brain injuries. Did not pursue any home visits. Again, I come back to, is that a staffing issue or is it an understanding issue or do we even know and is that why you're calling for a whole, you know, systemic change? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, it's, it's all of those issues. You know, I, I think that the reality is is that um, the, the fact that none of that happened, the fact that uh, that the you know that it's now 2023, and accountability is is, is at the staffing level, uh, seemingly has been taken care of. The, the the people who lead these ministries, the deputy minister, the minister, the pre the cabinet, the premier, um, ultimately. The responsibility falls on them because, you know, as you work your way through the hierarchy or the organization chart, there are a number of people that are responsible all the way through that organization chart. At the end, it lands at the feet of the minister. And at the end, the premier has a responsibility. The former premier, John Horgan, said, you know, former BCNDP premier, John Horgan, said, when are we going to stop protecting the, the ministry, the institution, and start protecting the children. All I have to do is echo his own words. He said that in 2015 in the legislature. 
when is this when is his BC NDP government going to stop protecting the ministry and start protecting the children? That is the reason why it's become, I guess, a political issue. It's not really a political issue. This is an, a, 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 a governance issue. Who is accountable if the premier is going to stand and say he has the confidence in the minister that has allowed for this to continue to persist? Hundreds of children go missing. Standing up day in and day out and saying we're going to you know, continue to maintain a system that doesn't work for neurodiverse children, and then the premier himself has to step in and change course. How is there, how is there any possibility of confidence in that scenario? And, and that, you know, Premier David Eby has said just this week that he has confidence in this minister. Well, I can tell you, First Nations Leadership Council has been very clear, very direct. They've lost confidence. And as we have seen this continue to grow, I am, I am very reluctant to call for a minister's resignation. Yeah. It took a lot for me to make this call because it's not a call I take lightly. Mr. Olson, I can, hear it. Need to I can hear it in your voice. Your voice tells me that you're extremely upset about this on the verge of either anger or tears. Am I right? Well, it's both. It's, I, am, I, am, I am angry and I am sad. And British Columbians need to be, uh, you know, they will have whatever emotions they encounter when they, when they, um, when they deal with this. But for me, uh, you know, as this story has, has come to light and as the investigation from the RCY was announced earlier this week and more of the details of this case have, have become public, there is absolute, it, it, is, it is astounding that our Premier can arrive at the decision to do nothing. It is astounding that our Premier can arrive at the decision that the minister who has been responsible for this system over the last three years, uh, in light of all of those other things that I've raised in this conversation, can continue in this post. I, 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 just, simply, I, I just simply cannot believe that you know, building a wall around this and pretending like it's all fine and good and, and we're just going to keep going forward uh, is acceptable. It is, it is not. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I, here I am doing something that I've, I've never done before, which is calling for the resignation of a minister because we have got to that point. Okay, those are the words of Adam Olson, the BC Green MLA for Saanich North and the Islands.